The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 9 of the Russell Gannon Podcast. I am, as always, your one and only illustrious host, Chris the Heat Matthews, invading your ear holes once again for another fun-filled episode of some wrestling talk. So, let's jump right into the news. Not a whole lot going on this week, but there is a rumor, a big rumor going out from WWE that they have contacted Enzo and Big Cass to return to NXT for their debut on the USA Network. Now, WWE has since come out and said that the claims are false and just a rumor that they have not been in contact with either one of these two, which I really hope that that is true, that they have not decided to contact these two morons for a return to the ring as far as a return to a WWE ring. As far as any other ring, they need to stay away from it as far as possible because they both suck. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, honestly, Enzo, to be honest, Enzo is very charismatic and he's very good on the mic. Um, I will be the first to admit that when they were in NXT, um, I was a fan of them. But once they got to the main roster, it got really old really quick the biggest mistake that wwe did was split the two of them up because they are the quintessential team that cannot survive without one another um you always have that scenario where you can look at a tag team and you say okay well so-and-so is going to be the Shawn michaels of this team who's going to go on if they ever split up and have a very successful career long career and the other person is going to be the Marty Jannetty, whose career is going to pretty much fizzle out and die. Um, both of these guys are pretty much the Marty Jannettys of their team. So, um, Cass, neither one of them can really wrestle. Cass is mediocre at best. He's just a very basic big man. Um, nothing real special about him. Enzo just... Is just terrible in the ring. Botched just about everything that he did. It's just a terrible performer overall as far as in-ring performance. Now, it's really to the point where they realize on the independent scene that they can't make any money without each other. So whatever beef that they had when they were in WWE and they had left WWE, has been they squashed, and the two of them decided to work together again as a tag team. God knows that it, it still ain't going to happen. <laughs> it's just like Enzo just looked in the mirror and he's like, shit, I can't wrestle. So let me call Cass. Let me squash his beef with Cass and, you know, get him and I can ride his coattails in the ring. You know, he can carry me again. And Cass was looking in the mirror thinking the same thing. But, you know, he's like, fuck, I can't talk on the mic. I can't get myself over. I need to squash this beef with Enzo. And then maybe we can do something and we can make some money on this independent scene. 
These two just need to pack it up, and Enzo needs to go back underneath whatever rock he crawled out of from New Jersey, and Cassius needs to go wherever the hell he came from before and go be a bouncer at some cheap-ass nightclub in the city. But, yeah, they just need to stay as far away from WWE as possible, any major promotion. Um, yeah, terrible. Terrible performers all around and have no business being in a wrestling ring whatsoever. Um, so that's pretty much all I've got for news. I'm going to we're going to jump into some Raw and SmackDown. Uh, I've got some notes from some other shows during the course of the week, week, some annoyances from this week as well. So here we go. Um, we had two more matches from the King of the Ring tournament on both shows, so four altogether. Um, we saw Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre and uh, Cedric Alexander, or sorry, Baron Corbin taking on The Miz. Cedric Alexander wrestled Cesaro. Um, Ricochet and McIntyre and Cesaro and Cedric Alexander were my matches of the night, Monday night. Both phenomenal matchups from all four competitors, which you really wouldn't expect anything less. Um, McIntyre looked the best that he has looked in a while with this match against Ricochet. Um, unfortunately, I had McIntyre, like so many other people did, pegged to win the King of the Ring tournament, um, but he did take the L from Ricochet. Um, but I did say a couple episodes back that um, Ricochet was going to win it all. Um, but it looks like my first prediction hopefully may be right with seeing Ricochet and Andrade in the finals as opposed to Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre. Um, since that went out the window uh, last week when Owens lost to Elias with help from Shane McMahon. Um, we also had on SmackDown, we had Ali and Buddy Murphy, uh, which of course was the match of the night on SmackDown. And we had Shelton Benjamin taking on Chad Gable, which was another great matchup. Um, I feel a lot of people sleep on Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. These two really put on a really great match, and it was just it was some great wrestling um, all together on SmackDown with Ali and Murphy and Gable and Benjamin. Uh, so this week, King of the Ring tournaments, well, this week coming up, uh, we will see Samoa Joe take on Ricochet, uh, Cedric Alexander taking on Baron Corbin for the Raw bracket, and the SmackDown side, we'll see Ali taking on Elias and Chad Gable taking on Andrade. Um, since everything's pretty much all messed up here anyway, um, I'm going to peg Ricochet going over Samoa Joe, and then we'll, I'm going to say Baron Corbin going over Alexander. Um, I can see Ali going over Elias, and then Andrade going over Chad Gable, which will bring us down to, of course, the final four, which will be, we'll see Ricochet versus Baron Corbin, and then Ali versus Andrade. And I believe, looking at this bracket now, that we are probably more than likely going to see, hopefully, Ricochet versus Andrade at Clash of Champions for the King of the Ring spot. Um, I would still love to see Ricochet win because a King Ricochet would be amazing. Um, but with the way that WWE has done the King of the Ring the last few years, it always ends up with a heel um, with the last King of the Ring being Wade Barrett. And I could really see Andrade winning this and elevating him a little bit more um, a la Booker T 
uh, when Booker T won the King of the Ring tournament, and then we got the wonderful run of King Booker and Queen Charmel. So I could see a King Andrade with a Queen Selena. So that would be pretty awesome. But either way, if it does come down to Ricochet and Andrade, we're in for one hell of a match at Clash of Champions if that ends up being the last two. So, yeah, that's going to be pretty awesome. Even if it comes down to Ali and Corbin. Um, Corbin's pretty good in the ring. I think Ali could help elevate him to another level and get a great matchup out of the two of them also. So, But we'll see. Either way, the outcomes on these matches could produce some really great, a really great finals match between um, each brand on here. Uh, we talked touched a little bit on Raw and SmackDown as far as the matches of the night. Um, the bomb of the night for Raw, honestly, was Sasha Banks' promo. Oh my god, Sasha, you've been gone for months. Instead of vacationing and whining on Twitter with your little song lyrics and emo emojis and all this other bullshit, why don't you take some damn acting classes to make yourself believable? That was a terrible-ass promo. It's one of the worst promos Sasha has done in a long time. And her promo skills aren't that great to begin with. It is terrible. Just really, really bad. Like, I don't I don't understand. So just take some acting classes. That You had four months to do nothing. You ain't been on TV since WrestleMania. You could have took some acting classes. You mean to tell me you couldn't find one single acting coach? Anywhere across the country that you know you couldn't go learn some new promo skills for, or how to make yourself believable. God damn, Sasha. Uh, what else? The other bomb of the night um, goes to SmackDown for the uh, Roman Reigns Daniel Bryan segment. It's fucking terrible. Like this whole story arc with Roman and Bryan is, is just so bad. It's like, what can we do to get Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan in a match together? Well, why don't we go the farthest fucking way possible, storyline-wise, to connect the two of these, the two of these guys, to get them in a match together? And that's exactly what they did. And again, still, you bring in this dude who looks like Rowan, that we, they're claiming, hey, attack Rowan, and then all of a sudden this video shows up, which we've seen a few weeks ago on Raw, that had what appeared to be Rowan in the background, in a hoodie, with a red beard sticking out. And now all of a sudden, when you look at the video again, when they showed it on SmackDown, it didn't look like a red beard. It looked a little darker. That could have just been me, because I was a little tired and honestly sick of seeing this shit. But, like I said last week, this is a fucking waste of an opportunity to bring back Harper to pair with Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan to make a fantastic heel stable led by Daniel Bryan to run roughshod on the SmackDown roster. Terrible. Terrible waste. You've got a phenomenal talent in Luke Harper just chilling at home just who wants to work, wants to wrestle, doing nothing. Better fucking bring him back for NXT. At least. Like, God. I don't know what the fuck you guys are thinking. Um, but let's run through some notes that I've got for, for Raw and SmackDown on this as well. Um, the tag team turmoil match. 
which in all honesty was just a tag team gauntlet match. I don't know why they needed to rename it to tag team turmoil, but um, I really like what they did with the Viking Raiders and Gallows and Anderson, uh, basically with them two being a double DQ because, you know, they wouldn't get out of the ring and they're just beating each other down. Um, really kept both teams looking good. Um, neither team lost any momentum, um, especially the Viking Raiders. Um, even Gallows and Anderson coming off of their losing the previous week to Strowman and Rollins really didn't take away from them as far as how they looked as a team in this matchup. Um, but yeah, but it was pretty solid. And um, this leads me to one of my annoyances with what WWE likes to do. And unfortunately, that is we're going to take two random wrestlers and put them together for no fucking reason at all. So we're going to put together Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode as a tag team. We're going to throw them in this tag team turmoil match. And then we're going to have them win this tag team turmoil match to go on to Clash of Champions to face Strowman and Rollins for the Raw tag team titles. So what? We can't have the Revival win. We can't have Hawkins and Ryder win. We can't have the Viking Raiders win or the club win so they can rematch for their tag titles to try to avenge the loss that they had the week before. We can't bring back the Ascension, do something with them. How about Epico and Primo? What about Authors of Pain? You have all these tag teams that are just chilling on the sideline and you decide to shit all over them by putting together Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. I don't have a problem personally with them putting Rude and Ziggler together as a team. They actually worked pretty well as a team. It's just there was no storyline behind why they decided to become a tag team. It was just like, hey, we're standing here at catering doing nothing but eating some fucking cookies. Why not? Why don't we just become a tag team and maybe we can get on the show and do something? That's that's pretty much what it was. And it's just ridiculous. Like any other time that they've done this, you know, with Sheamus and Cesaro, who went on, you know, as the bar went on to become one of the best tag teams in the last five, six years. There was a storyline behind it. They had this whole best of seven series matches and it came out to be a draw. So Mick Foley forced them to team together. And, you know, they were they did it, didn't want to do it, but they did it. And they became one of the best tag teams that we've seen. Same thing with the Rock and Sock connection. There was a whole storyline behind all that. Same thing with Dude Love and Stone Cold Steve Austin. There was a storyline. X-Pac and Kane, there was a storyline that involved Tori. Not Tori Wilson, the other Tori. There was storylines behind these people becoming a tag team and reasons why they became a team. They weren't just thrown together on air for lack of anything better. And that is my issue. And I know a lot of people feel the same way about this. I mean... I get it. Okay, so maybe both members, authors of pain, aren't medically clear to wrestle. I know. Um, I think it was um, Rizar or Akum. One of the two was out with an injury. Okay, maybe he's not compared, you know, clear to compete again. Epico and Primo, what are they doing? If you're not going to use them on the main roster, maybe bolster up 205 Live's tag team division. Um, which brings me to another note that I have. A side note here is that 205 Live. Needs cruiserweight tag team titles. 
because you're pretty much wasting the Singh brothers and the Lucha House Party by not giving them anything to fight for. You got one title on, on 205 Live, and I know people are going to say, well, WWE has too many titles already. Hey, that's cool, but 205 Live is pretty much its own separate entity, just like NXT. You don't see the main roster guys popping into NXT to wrestle for the North American title, the NXT tag titles. I mean, occasionally you do, but it's not an everyday occurrence. It's like if it's a special event. So that side note of the cruiserweight tag titles would give a little bit more incentive for people to watch 205 Live instead of just having you know, your cruiserweight champion, which Drew Gulak is great as cruiserweight champion, and I'm glad that you know we get to see different championship matchups on 205 as opposed to the same old shit that we see between Raw and SmackDown as far as the WWE champion and the Universal champion fighting the same people over and over again, which is still happening. But I digress. Back to my point at hand. Stop putting ra- random-ass people together without some sort of fucking storyline to explain as to why they are together. So there. Done with that. Next point. Uh, the finish of the Styles versus Braun Strowman match was pretty lazy, honestly. I know it was done so, you know, Braun getting DQ'd. Um, it was just really lazy writing. You know, Braun takes a chair, goes and hits um, Gallows and Anderson, and then... The referee is distracted or some shit like that. I can't remember exactly what happened, but AJ just lays down. The ref realizes what's going on, DQs Strowman. So Strowman doesn't take, doesn't get a clean pin over AJ. AJ doesn't look weak. Um, Strowman doesn't look weak. He still looks like a monster after he just destroyed Gallows and Anderson with a chair. So I get it. It keeps their momentum rolling into Clash of Champions, blah, blah, blah. So, but it was still lazy writing, and there are other ways that they could have done that better. Uh, Lacey Evans, uh, we haven't seen in a while, but she is improving, and um, to me, more impressive in the ring as of late. Uh, her moonsault is far superior to Charlotte's. In all honesty, like I really like Lacey Evans' moonsault much better than I like Charlotte's. Um, we talked about Gable and Benjamin. Uh, talked a little bit about that too the build up for Rowan and Brian those um, annoyances we talked about that so yeah we're good on that uh, let's jump into yeah so break down ROH weekly TV uh, this week we saw Matt Taven take on Alex Shelley for the ROH world title which of course Matt Taven retained uh, the new format for Ring of Honor kind of sucks Like it's like a bunch of highlight clips and then like one or two matches. It's just freaking terrible, though. Um, yeah. So I think we're going to take a quick break here. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk some NXT UK for the uh, TakeOver Cardiff. We'll give you predictions for that. Predictions for All Outs. And we also have New Japan Royal Quest. So get some predictions from that as well. So stay tuned. We'll be back about 30 seconds. It should be pretty awesome, and I'm really psyched about that. But the biggest question is, that seems to be floating around the message boards and everything else, is who you got? You NXT or you AEW? Personally, like I've said before, I'm a fan of wrestling. 
anything that gets me more wrestling on TV each week live, I will gladly support. Uh, the downside is with NXT, though, is that it will air on the network on Thursday night. So you can catch the replay on Thursday. So that may be a determining factor in AEW versus NXT. Uh, since there's not really a streaming platform that you can watch AEW on as a replay yet. Um, where NXT, of course, has the WWE Network. So that's going to be one of the big determining factors. And plus, a lot of people are DVR anyway. So it's not like, you know, back in the day, for you youngsters who didn't live through the Attitude Era and had to flip back and forth between two channels, uh, especially if you didn't have a VCR, which if you don't know what a VCR is, throw it in your Google machine and check it out. Um, especially if you didn't have a VCR to record this stuff. Uh, fortunately for me, I was the only one in the house and who had to program the VCR. So, yeah. I did a lot of uh, a lot of tra- tape trading. So, um, that's pretty much it on the news. We're going to jump into... Let's jump into Raw. Let's talk about Raw this past Monday. Um, match of the night for me... Uh, Samoa Joe versus Cesaro. Just an amazing matchup. Anything, Everything you'd expect from these guys. A really hard-hitting, hard-fought match. Um, and just great overall. And so that, would, of course, was the uh, King of the Ring qualifier, which saw Samoa Joe pick up the win on that one. Um, after I talk a little bit about SmackDown, we'll get into the King of the Ring. And I'll talk about my, my picks for you know the remainder of the first round and then what I think will happen in the second round, third round, and uh, who's going into the finals. So, um, yeah, so that was the King of the Ring qualifying match. Segment of the night, um, Orton and the Revival destroying the New Day, um, especially where Orton made Kofi watch them, like, just attack Woods, and just the, the sheer expression on Kofi's face just sold that whole segment with how phenomenal it was, so... This is definitely worth a rewatch if you haven't watched that. Um, Disappointment of the night, tag team title match, that main event of the show. Um, It wasn't just a disappointment because Gallows and Anderson lost the tag titles. Disappointment is is that they're obviously building a match between Seth and Braun. And anytime they do that and they put the tag titles on these guys, the titles end up becoming just a prop and they don't mean anything. So what's going to happen is, of course, they're going to lose the belt, and Braun's going to blame Seth. Seth's going to blame blame Braun, and then that's where the fight's going to come between the two of them. And it's just it's just ridiculous, and I hate when they do that. Leave your tag team title belts on an actual tag team. There's no reason to pull it off of Gallows and Anderson just to use it as a stupid stupid prop to further a storyline. Just, just dumb. Um, SmackDown match of the night. Buddy Murphy versus Daniel Bryan. Buddy Murphy has been on a roll these last couple weeks and just being in the ring with like two of like the, the top guys on SmackDown, just completely amazing. And he, he proves that he can go. Like he can hang with Roman Reigns. He can hang with Daniel Bryan. Just an amazing performer. And I'm really hoping to see more out of Buddy Murphy over the next few weeks. Uh, segment of the night, of course, the Orton and Kofi segment, which um, basically Kofi said, you know, he Orton wants to attack him from behind. He can do the same. Uh, Kofi comes out and hits a trouble in paradise out of nowhere, uh, takes out Orton. Um, then, of course, the Revival come out and all that fun stuff. And 
Uh, let's see. Disappointment of the night. How about the reveal of Roman's attacker? Apparently. Roman's apparent attacker. Seriously. This was such a huge waste of an opportunity to bring back Luke Harper. Like, seriously. You have this phenomenal talent that could have been used in this storyline or in another story arc once again. And you're not doing anything with him because you don't want to let him go and have him show up somewhere else like AEW or Ring of Honor or Impact. Just something. And the talent that is just sitting at home, wasting away with Luke Harper is just absolutely ridiculous. The reveal of Roman's attacker, supposed attacker, was one of the dumbest segments that they found at SmackDown in a long-ass time. I don't know who came up with that segment. That motherfucker needs to be fired. Like, dead serious. And whoever said, oh, let's not use Luke Harper, which, of course, was Vince, because Vince is a fucking idiot. His hand is so far away from the pulse of what the people want. It's just absolutely fucking ridiculous. So, yeah. Terrible. Terrible waste. And who was that stupid-ass idiot that they got to be the... Rowan's doppelganger who looks absolutely nothing like Rowan. Oh, he's got a red beard, so it must be Rowan. Fucking kidding me. Stupid. Stupid shit. Um, all right. So let's jump into the King of the Ring. Break down the four first round matches that we saw between Raw and SmackDown, which saw uh, from Raw, Samoa Joe and Cedric Alexander picking up wins and advancing to the next round. And on SmackDown, Elias and Andrade. Uh, moving on to the second round as well. So still to come on Raw, we've got Drew McIntyre taking on Ricochet. Um, picking Drew to go over Ricochet as much as I'd love to see Ricochet uh, pick up the win through the entire tournament. Um, I have a feeling that we're going to get Drew McIntyre. Um, also, we've got Baron Corbin taking on The Miz. I've got Corbin going over The Miz. And on SmackDown, we've got Ali taking on Buddy Murphy and Chad Gable taking on Shelton Benjamin. Um, I've got Ali and Gable going over their respective matches and moving on to the second round. Uh, your second round, I've got Samoa Joe taking on Drew McIntyre. I got Drew McIntyre picking up the win on that one, as well as Cedric Alexander picking up the win over Baron Corbin. Uh, also on SmackDown for your second round picks, I've got Ali picking up the win over Elias and Andrade picking up the win over Chad Gable. Uh, your third round, uh, we will see from my picks, Drew versus Cedric Alexander, uh, with Drew McIntyre picking up the win on that one, and Ali picking up the win over Andrade, which will be your finals at Clash of Champions. Drew McIntyre taking on Ali, with Drew picking up the win and becoming your 2019 King of the Ring. Um, also, the tentative card for Clash of Champions uh, has kind of been released as far as what we're looking at. Um, of course, this is subject to change. This is all just early based on what storylines have been taking shape on Raw and SmackDown this past couple weeks. Um, the build between Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman for the Universal title is something that we've seen um, take place last week and this past Monday. Uh, Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton for the WWE title. Also have Bailey versus Charlotte Flair, Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Title, uh, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Title, 
Big E and Xavier Woods, Woods taking on the Revival for the SmackDown Tag Titles. Um, we also have Nakamura um, defending the Intercontinental Title against The Miz. And we'll also see Daniel Bryan taking out Roman Reigns. And, of course, like I mentioned, the finals of the King of the Ring Tournament. Um, we should also probably anticipate seeing a uh, Raw Tag Team title match. I'm sure Seth and Braun are going to lose that, lose those titles before Clash of Champions. Uh, the women's tag titles currently held by Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I expect to see something from them. Uh, Drew Gulak defending the Cruiserweight title, possibility. And AJ Styles defending the United States title. Um, so, yeah, Clash of Champions, September 15th. Um, looks to be a pretty solid show. But um, we're going to take a quick break, and we will jump back in with some figure news, some unboxings. i got a couple unboxings to do for it, which will be pretty awesome. So stick around. We'll be back in about 30 seconds. What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, and we are back. So here we go. NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff predictions. Run down the card here real quick. I'll give you my predictions for each Japan's Royal Quest. So here we go. NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. We've got Walter, the NXT UK champion, taking on Tyler Bate. Um, picking Walter on this one to retain. It's going to be a pretty solid matchup between the two of them to begin with, and it's very hard to pick a uh, winner between the two of these, but I can see Walter retaining. Uh, Tony Storm, the NXT UK Women's Champion, taking on Kaylee Ray. I see Tony Storm retaining her title on this matchup. Uh, Dave Mastiff versus Joe Coffey in a last man standing match. Uh, I'm going with Dave Mastiff on this one. Travis Banks versus Noam Dar. I'm picking Noam Dar for the win. Love Noam Dar. Uh, Zach Gibson and James Drake versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster versus Mark Coffey and Wolfgang for the NXT UK Tag Titles. I'm going to pick Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster to pick up the win on this one and the and walk out with the tag titles. Now, they're also uh, promoting an appearance from Cesaro, who said that he was going to be in the area and may head to Cardiff for a more hands-on approach to the uh, NXT UK brand. So, very excited to see where that's going to go. So, it should be very interesting. So, maybe we'll get Walter versus Cesaro somewhere down the line. So, that would be a fun match. Um, so yeah, so that's my predictions and the card for NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, um, which is on Saturday, which is on way before, um, AEW. So let's jump into that AEW match rundown and my predictions for that. Um, we've got the Chris Jericho versus Adam Page for the world championship to crown the first ever AEW world champion. Um, 
I'm going with Chris Jericho on this one. It's a very tough, tough matchup again for me to pick. Um, I can see Adam Page becoming the world champion just with how much of a role that he's been on, been on and how much of a star he has become um, over the last few months, and honestly, over the last year um, on the independent scene and everything like that. But Chris Jericho is a former multi-time world champion, uh, of course, WWE champion, world heavyweight champion. Um, so the best bet would be if you want to uh, give your title some prestige, so to say, like right off the bat, why not give it to a former world champion, a former multi-time world champion like Chris Jericho and maybe have him hold it to your next event. And I think having Hangman chase after the title would be a more compelling story than him being the champion and just defending it against random people each each week or you know each event. So, but I think that that would be a pretty solid solid way to go. But we'll see what they do. But I'm going with Chris Jericho on that one. Um, we have Pac, um, formerly known as Neville in the WWE. Uh, taking on Kenny Omega. Uh, now, this originally was supposed to be John Moxley taking taking on Omega, um, as they had started their build from the first um, All Elite pay per view, going into now. But unfortunately, uh, Moxley is sidelined with a severe case of uh, staff affection in his elbow, which is something that he has dealt with before in WWE. Um, so we should still get a pretty solid matchup between Pac and Omega. Um, I'm going with Kenny Omega for the win on this one. Um, we've got the Best Friends versus the Dark Order, with the winner of this match receiving a first-round bye in the tag tournament, uh, which pretty much means that they will advance right to the second round. Um, I'm picking the Best Friends on this. Um, I love Trent Beretta and uh, Chuck Taylor. Those guys are amazing. The Dark Order is just, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand that gimmick at all. And it's just, I don't know, it's just weird and stupid. Um, we've got, once again, the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix taking on the Young Bucks. Uh, this time, it's going to be a ladder match for the AAA World Tag Team Champions, Championship. Sorry. Um, going to go with the Lucha Brothers, who are the defending champions. I'm going to go with them retaining over the Young Bucks. Um, we also have next matchup Cody Rhodes taking on Sean Spears, uh, who will have Tully Blanchard in his corner. Uh, honestly, I can see Sean Spears picking the win on this one, um, mainly because possibly some interference from Tully Blanchard. But I wouldn't be surprised if MJF gets involved uh, based upon their the six man tag match from the last event. I think it was a fight for the fallen. Um, there was a little bit of dissension be between the two of them. And, of course, with um, what Sean had done to Cody, which is apparently MJF's friend, uh, well, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we don't see something like that. Um, then we have what's being dubbed as the Cracker Barrel Clash between Darby Allen, Joey Janela, and Jimmy Havoc. So this is a triple threat match, uh, which basically broke down with the three of them from... Fight for the Fallen, um, losing the, the six-man tag match. Honestly, this one's probably just going to be a let's see how much shit we could throw at each other and do what extreme thing we can to each other. So I'm not really expecting a whole lot out of that one um, as far as like anything 
technically sound. Uh, we also have the 21-woman casino battle royal, uh, where the winner will receive a match for the inaugural AEW Women's World Championship, um, scheduled for the October 2nd AEW on TNT event. Uh, some participants in the match have been announced. So you've got Jazz, Big Swall, Ariel Monroe, Teal Piper. Yes, Teal Piper, who we mentioned last week, who had signed with um, uh, Wow. Uh, of course, she is the daughter of Roddy Piper. Uh, Sadie, G- Sadie Gibbs, Ivelisse, <laughs> uh, Brandy Rhodes, Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Ali, Yuka Sakazaki. Awesome Kong are some of the uh, women announced for this uh, 21 Women Casino Battle Royal. In all honesty, I can see either Brandy Rhodes or Britt Baker taking the win on this one. Um, more so leaning towards Britt Baker, um, but I can possibly see Kong helping Brandy win this. So we'll see how that goes. I really don't don't see Brandy anywhere outside of the title picture. Uh, right off the get-go, honestly. Um, so we'll see. But um, I'm leaning more towards Britt, ba- Britt Baker taking the win on this one. But like I said, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, what else we got? We have Rio versus Hikaru Shida. I'm probably butchering her name. Um, that's going to be another women's matchup. Uh, we've got Private Party taking on the team of Angelico and Jack Evans. Um Riho versus Hikaru Shiada. I'm probably going to go with Riho on that one. Um, back to Private Party versus Angelico with Jack Evans. I'm going with uh, Angelico and Jack Evans on that one. And then we've got a six-man tag match with SCU taking on a boy and his dinosaur and Marco Stunt. Uh, of course, I'm picking Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt to pick up the win on this one, which should be a pretty phenomenal and fun matchup. So, yeah. Uh, so that is your card and my predictions for AEW All Out. Um, also on Saturday, there's three events rolling on Saturday. You've got NXT UK TakeOver at Cardiff. You've got the All Out event. And we also have New Japan's Royal Quest, uh, which will be coming from England. So I believe it's being broadcasted from London. So you can check this out on um, New Japan's um, video on demand service. So. Um, we've got the IWGP Heavyweight Champion Okada defending against Minoru Suzuki. Um, going with Okada, Okada um, retaining the title on that one. You've got the RPW British Heavyweight Champion Zack Sabre Jr. defending against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, picking Sabre uh, to retain the title on that one. Uh, the Never Openweight Champion Tomohiro Ishii defending against Kenta. I'm going with Kenta on that one. Uh, since Kenta had just recently joined the Bullet Club, um, and Ishii was actually one of the guys that he had uh, beat down, so I can see them giving the uh, open weight championship to Kenta. Um, you've got the IWGP Tag Team Champions, the Gorillas of Destiny, uh, defending against the winners of the RPW Road to Royal Quest Tournament. Um, honestly, whoever they take on, Gorillas of Destiny are gonna pick up the win on that one. Uh, we've got Naito and Sonata taking on Jay White and Chase Owens. Um, taking Naito and Sonata. Uh, you've got Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles versus 
uh, Ishimori and El Phantasmo, um, Osprey and Robbie Eagles for the win on that one, Kota Ibushi and Juice Robinson versus Takahashi and Hikoleo. Uh, I'm going to go with Ibushi and Juice Robinson. Uh, then we've got what looks like a... Nope, sorry. Yeah, nope, that is a, a six-man tag match. You've got uh, Rasuke Taguchi taking, um, teaming with Shoto Umino and Ren Narita taking on Rocky Romero and Sho and Yo. Um, we're going to go with Romero and Sho and Yo um, for that one. So, yeah, it should be uh, pretty good. Pretty solid card for New Japan Royal Quest. Um, looks like a fun weekend for uh, wrestling in general with a lot of stuff going on. So, um, which event are you going to watch? What what's what stands out more to you? Um, I think the me personally, the all out event actually looks like it's going to be pretty fun. Um, you can expect a lot of great wrestling from the New Japan event, and then you know the same with the NXT UK takeover. We know how takeovers are, even the UK takeovers, how phenomenal those end up being. So you've got your choice there. Um, of course, some of these will probably air a little sooner than others. Um, especially the UK Takeover and the New Japan Royal Quest, as they're being broadcasted from overseas, uh, from the UK. Uh, so of course they will be on a little earlier than AEW's All Out. So you can actually probably get away with watching all three of them and um, just killing a Saturday, having a few brews and watching some wrestling. Um, so yeah, so there is your match cards and your breakdowns of the three big events coming up this Saturday. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to jump back in with some figure news. Oh, there's a lot of figure news. So, we'll be right back. Oh, yeah. New WWF Tag Team Figures. They're out of control. These folks are really getting nasty. It's Tuesday for the nasty boys. Now, what a rush. New WWF Tag Team Figures. It's sold separately. Dig it. All right, and we are back. So, here we go. We're going to run down the figure news here. Um, coming up, we've got Figures Toy Company had revealed the mock-up for the Legends of Pro Wrestling Sandman figure. So ECW original The Sandman is getting a Figures Toy Company figure um, later this year. So we've got, it's going to be a mid-90s look with the U.S. flag pants and the red Sandman shirt. So it's a pretty iconic look for him. Um, so that, that should be pretty cool. I'm excited to see what the head sculpt is going to be for that one. Um, like I said before, with Figures Toy Company, their sculpts are either hit or miss. Sometimes they look really good. Other times they look like shit. Um, but but it's still pretty cool to see some of these guys get figures. Um, of course, we do have a Sam. Cult of Sandman has had a few figures. Uh, of course, with the um, original San Francisco Toymakers ECW line, um, WCW's Toy Biz line when he was Hardcore Hack. Uh, then we had his uh, Jack's Ruthless Aggression figure when he was part of the new EC- WWE ECW, uh, which is probably one of my favorite Sandman figures, honestly. Um, but I do like the Hardcore Hack one, too. That one's pretty awesome. Um, we've got some new pre-orders up on Ringside Collectibles, which was just announced by um, Hawkins and Ryder on their podcast this week. Um, Elite 72 with the man Becky Lynch, Roderick Strong, the Messiah of the Backbreaker, Roderick Strong. The best kept secret on the WWE roster, Buddy Murphy. The Velveteen Dream. Batista. And a new Rey Mysterio. This marks the fourth Rey Mysterio figure since he's returned 
and the third within three, four sets, four sets that we've gotten a Mysterio figure. Um, <laughs> Velveteen Dream is very interesting. We just got his first figure not that long ago. I'm pretty psyched to see what a, what attire he has on. Hopefully it's the, the black and white, like NWO Hollywood inspired one, Hollywood Hogan inspired attire. Cause that, that ring gear was just phenomenal and very well done. I'm really hoping that it's that one. Um, we've had the WrestleMania 36 elites, which will include Matt Hardy, Mick Foley, Kofi Kingston, and Booker T. Uh, WrestleMania 36 battle packs, which is Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Team Hell No, and Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. And then we've got the WrestleMania Basics with Batista, Becky Lynch, Stephanie McMahon, Shane McMahon. That's probably the first time that both Stephanie and Shane have been included in a figure line together. Um, if not, it's it's been a while since they have been. Uh, we got Seth Rollins and The Rock. And then Elite Top Talent 2020. You've got Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, and Rey Mysterio. So there we go. So look forward to more Rey Mysterio figures this year um, as part of that top talent line because I'm sure he's going to be everywhere. Um, Elite 71 mock pictures have popped up on Instagram. Um, for those who don't know, mock means mint on card. So they are in package pictures of the figures themselves as far as what they will look like in the box. Um, these are usually great because they show you what accessories and stuff that they're coming with. Um, we've had, um, Paige and Cassius Ono. Paige is going to be the Walmart exclusive. Ono will be the target exclusive for that series. Um, some cool notes from these figures, from the, some of these figures in the line. Um, Nikki Bella will be the chase figure. There'll be two versions of her. Um, one, which will be from her evolution, um, with her evolution attire, which was the Bella Lucian shirt. And then the other one is just going to be the standard Nikki Bella with the fearless, um, top that she had on. Uh, Jeff Hardy is going to come with three different heads with different face paint. And Adam Cole is going to come with three sets of hands. So he's going to come with like your standard hands. He's got the um, Adam Cole Bay Bay um, fingers pointing hands. And he's got the hands doing the undisputed era hand gestures. So pretty psyched about that one. Um, definite pickup for me is going to be Adam Cole and Cassius Ono. Um, really could care less about Nikki Bella. Um, Paige, if I can find Paige in Walmart, I'm still trying to find fucking Sensational Sherry. I was very lucky to find the Pat Patterson exclusive. So it's been a little rough because Walmart sucks at stocking when it comes to figures. Uh, we've got some news on the Super 7 New Japan Pro Wrestling figures. Um, these bad boys are expected to go out for pre-order in October with an expected release in 2020. Uh, the first wave is going to include Okada and Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, they're going to be super super articulated and come with cloth accessories, belts, and more. Uh, they're going to retail for around $40. Uh, they will scale well with WWE Elite figures. Uh, we should learn a little bit more about these from New York Comic Con, and we will be able to pre-order these on Megalopolis Toys and possibly other online retailers later this year. Uh, of course, that should be around October. So there is that. Uh, that is your figure news. We're going to jump into your local events. 
coming up in the NC area if you happen to be in North Carolina. Uh, coming up on September 7th, you've got Big Time Wrestling from the Dorton Arena. Um, advertised for this, of course, is the Big Red Machine Kane. Um, Tennille Dashwood, formerly known as Emma, Arn Anderson, and of course, WWE Hall of Famer, Olympic gold medalist, Kurt freaking Angle. Um, you can also... Two hours prior to the show, there will be a um, pretty much a seminar with Arn Anderson, so you can pick the brain of the enforcer on what it was like being a producer, any tips on breaking into the business, stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, September 15th, you've got Clash of Champions in Charlotte. And on September 21st, an event that I've talked about so many times over the last few weeks on this podcast is Masters of Ring Entertainment. Um this event is going to be for a great cause. It benefits the uh, Fishing with Special Friends organization out of Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, there will be a two-hour meet-and-greet before the show from 4 to 6. Uh, there is a special discount for military and first responders. You can get more information on that on the Masters of Ring Entertainment Facebook page. Uh, front row seats are almost gone, so if you want to go, hit up mastersofringentertainment.com to get tickets. Um We've got so there's so much stuff going on here. You've got the franchise Shane Douglas appearing, the Queen of Extreme Francine, Eli Drake, the Moore Heavyweight Champion, the Cowboy James Storm, Impact World Champion Brian Cage, Lisa Marie Varen, and Melina, who will be wrestling at the event for the first to be crowned for the right to be crowned the first ever Moore Women's Champion. So that's pretty cool. You've got T.J. Perkins. Uh, Larry Zabisco will be appearing as well. Terry Runnels, um, Darren Young. There's an Invitational Battle Royal. So much stuff going on in this event. It's for a great cause. Come down, check it out. Tickets are low, as low as 15 bucks. So, for more information, hit up mastersofringentertainment.com. You can find them on Facebook uh, for more info on that as well. And also, just announced uh, coming up, AEW November 6th. Will be coming live from Charlotte. So we got a TV taping for AEW coming out of Charlotte. So that pretty much breaks down your local events that are coming up, some of the big events that are coming up. Um, we do have some questions for a little bit of QA, and then we're gonna hit you with your trivia question answer from last week, and then hit you with a new trivia question this week. So here we go, here we go, here we go. We're looking for my uh, tablet here is uh, giving me some issues. It's not doing what I want it to do right now. So bear with me as we get into this and pull up the Q&A here. Da, 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 da. Where are you? All right, there we are. So as usual, the MVP of the Russell Geddon Q&A is my man Carl Crossland. Um, hit me with this question this week. So uh, what do you think pay-per-view buys will look like for AEW? Um, also, do you think the CM Punk rumor is real? Um, we talking about with the CM Punk rumor is that Punk will be appearing on the AEW event. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that one. I know with it being in Chicago, there is a very strong chance that we may get Punk on the event, but I... I'd be very surprised if he does show up. Um, I think the buys will look pretty good. 
for AEW. I think there's a lot of fans that are willing to spend the $50 on the event uh, to watch the pay-per-view. I mean, they did it with All In, and I, I don't see why they wouldn't do it for this as well. Um, so I think they'll do. I think they'll do pretty well. So um, next question we've got from Garrett Munn, of course, the designer of the. WrestleGeddon logo that you see plastered everywhere where WrestleGeddon is being promoted. Uh, his question is, what superstar do you think would most benefit from a heel turn? And second part to that question, who would most benefit from a face turn? That's a tough one. Um, because five, six years ago, I probably would say that John Cena would have benefited from a heel turn. Um, as far as now, I really... I really can't see anybody as benefiting from a heel turn. Most of the most everyone is in place. Um, Miz right now is kind of a face, um, but he's better as a heel. He does his best work as a heel, um, and he seems to benefit more as a heel than he does as a face. So, I mean, I can say the Miz as kind of an easy answer, but I, mean, I, I can't really think of anyone that would benefit from being a heel right now. Um, who would benefit most from a face turn? Again, that's uh, that's kind of tough too because, like, you look at your top faces now already. Um, I think probably making Strowman a full-on face may be the best would be the best option for that, um, as he's kind of just floundering around, kind of being a tweener. Like, we don't know if he's heel one week, face one week. That could be that could be the the biggest thing right there. Career defining for him, make him a face, and have him um, continue this program with AJ Styles for the U.S. title. That would lead to possibly a, a U.S. title run for Strowman. I mean, that's uh, pretty much all I can think of for that one. So, um, thanks guys for those questions. And as always, if you have a question, you can send it to askrussellgeddon at gmail.com or just look for the posts promoting the upcoming recording of the next podcast where you can throw down your questions in those comments below either on the instagram page or on the facebook promotion pages there also uh so now we're going to get into your trivia questions uh last week the question was who did jake the snake roberts eliminate after he was eliminated at the 1989 royal rumble uh, the answer to that was Andre the Giant. So if you guess Andre the Giant, you are correct. And go ahead, like always, and give yourself a good old-fashioned Barry Horowitz pat on the back. So, this week's question. We are going to go to... All the way back. October 1995. In your house. My question is... At that event, at the October 95 in your house, what was the first match? Your choices are Hunter versus Fatu, The Guns versus Razor, and Kid, or Janetti versus Goldust. So that's Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Fatu, The Smoking Guns versus Razor Ramon and the 123 Kid. Or Marty Jannetty versus Goldust. So again, the question was, at the October 1995 in your house, what was the first match? Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Fatu. 
the Smoking Guns versus Razor Ramon and the One Two Three Kid, or Marty Jannetty versus Goldust. So if you think you know the answer, you can drop it in the comments below promoting this episode of the podcast, or you can send the answer to askwrestlegeddon at gmail.com. Put in, make sure you put it in the subject line, episode 9 trivia question. So that's all I got for you guys this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Um, look forward to talking with you guys next week, going through the results of NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, the uh, AEW All Out, and New Japan Royal Quest. And we'll see who else advances into the King of the Ring tournament. See if my predictions this week are correct. Because it sure as hell haven't been right the last few weeks. So that's all I got for you guys. And I'll chat with you all next week. Later.